Welcome to the Singapore Management University podcast series, where we feature the latest insights and perspectives from our faculty. Youth at risk typically refers to those who may be seriously antisocial, homeless, who may have dropped out of school, taken to substance abuse or engaged in illegal activities. The factors that place these young people at risk in the first place, such as poverty, family dysfunction and disturbed neighbourhoods, are often not factored into the equation. Dr. Tanya Nakpal and Ms. Chen Jinwen from the Lien Centre for Social Innovation at SMU have published a study which used the self-determination theory offered by DC and Ryan in a past research as a lens to better understand the needs of youth at risk and their fulfilment from the vantage points of both social service professionals and youth themselves. In this podcast, Dr. Tanya discusses the key findings of this research and how it generates a nuanced understanding of the needs of youth in Singapore. Tanya, what is the focus of your study? Well, the focus of the study is, or I would say the USP of the study is that we are focusing on youth perspectives as well as social service uh, organization professional perspectives. I would like to also inform the listeners that this um, particular study was funded by Caritas Singapore, which is the community and social arm of the Catholic Church here in Singapore, and also an umbrella body for 27 Catholic charities. So they commissioned Leanne Center for conducting this research and uh, we were more than happy to take it on because we thought that this is one area of unmet social needs that aligns with the research focus of the Lian Center. And uh, we basically also are taking a more broader conceptualization of at-risk youth. We're looking at youths from the age group of 12 to 25 who are uh, not necessarily uh, getting into trouble with the law or have committed illegal crimes. But uh, we are also looking at youths who come from vulnerable neighborhoods, who come from uh, uh, low-income uh, family backgrounds or who've had family issues or maybe they're not themselves but their parents have been incarcerated in the past so these are the kind of youths that we want to look at in this particular study. What exactly does self-determination theory refer to in the context of this study? Well, we took the self-determination theory as a lens for viewing the needs of our clients, the, that, that is the youth at risk. And we use this perspective because it is a very useful perspective in understanding human needs. And it can be applied to people and individuals from various backgrounds, whether they be irrespective of their age, their gender or their socioeconomic status. So this theory basically is a human agentic theory. It believes that we as human beings are motivated to fulfill certain needs. We all, we all know about fulfilling our physical needs of food, water and shelter, but we also are equally motivated to fulfill our psychological needs and they play explicit emphasis on these psychological needs and uh, which is why uh, we thought that this would be a very useful framework for us to have a very holistic understanding of youth needs. What psychological needs are important for youth at risk? The needs that this uh, particular theory postulates uh, are three of them. So the first one is the need for autonomy, which we all experience, such as uh, the need to feel volitional, the need to feel that I have choices in my life and that I can make my decisions on my own. Then the second need that they emphasize is the need for competence, that we all uh, have a need 
to be effective in our lives, whether it be in the domain of work, in academics, in sports, or any other domain of our lives. So we all want to have a sense of confidence in our abilities. And third, and definitely not the least, uh, is the need for relatedness, the need to feel a sense of belonging, the need to feel loved for and cared for. So we wanted to understand how the youths were experiencing or getting fulfillment of these needs and how the social service environment, the social service organizational environment provided for the fulfillment of these needs. Because the theory also places a lot of emphasis on context. So yes, we are internally motivated to satisfy these needs, but they sat get satisfied within certain environments and contexts that we inhabit in our lives. So these contexts and environments either uh, help to uh, satisfy the needs or they diminish uh, the possibilities of satisfying them. What feedback did youth participants give regarding the social service programs? Okay, so the youth's experiences of the social service programs were both positive and negative is what we realized from as a part of this study and as of part of the 45 interviews that we conducted with the youths. And uh, there were positive references in which the youths felt a sense of com uh, confidence in their abilities because a lot of interest-based activities were planned for them in which they could excel in a particular sport or they could excel in a particular art. Uh, but apart from that, they also uh, reported some negative experiences with respect to their need for autonomy, uh, their need for freedom and choice, as well as their need for relatedness. So I can give you a specific reference. So for example, um, with respect to the popular and unpopular programs within the social service organizations, uh, the youths reported that the Unpopular programs were those in which were the workshops, you know, that were given to them in lecture style and didactic uh, methodologies or modalities where they were just sitting and were made to listen uh, with the with a good aim of guiding their behavior and taking them towards behavioral change. But because they were somewhat expected to be there and they were they did not have any choice in deciding the topics that they were wanting to be exposed to in these workshops, uh, they felt that these were boring and they, they did not seem to benefit from these. And uh, the other uh, unpopular programs that uh, the youths did mention were the ones who were very the ones that were very structured and very regimented so uh, you know there was homework time and there was academic work time and there was um, there was maintenance time so they would have to do some amount of uh, chores around the residential home if they were living in a residential home so while we saw the value and the social service professionals also uh, reiterated the value in uh, you know disciplining them in this in this manner but the youth somehow did not understand the rationale behind these activities. So uh, the recommendations that we made in the report were that we understand the place that these activities have in the lives of youth or in the positive development of the youth, but it is the onus of explaining the meaningful rationale behind these activities to the youth so that they can take ownership of these activities is on the social service organizations and their professionals so that they can... Um, they can uh, see the value in doing something like that, right? And that also helps them to feel a sense of uh, autonomy and a sense of choice in the so-called chore that they've been assigned to do. Participants of the study also did a short survey on need satisfaction, life satisfaction and resilience outcomes. What did the results reveal? 
Okay, so uh, we wanted to get some confirmatory adjunct to our qualitative analysis. And for that purpose, we also, although our sample size is very small, only 45 youths, but we did conduct a short survey amongst the youths in which we wanted to understand their uh, current level of life satisfaction, their current level of need satisfactions, especially psychological need satisfaction, as well as their resilience. So we measured them on all these three constructs, and uh, we wanted to see whether the relationship relationships that uh, self-determination theory postulates uh, because it says that need satisfaction is also a very defining characteristic of resilience. So if that's the case, then resilient youths should have higher need satisfaction. And that's what we found. So we found that uh, all the relationships were in the expected direction. Need satisfaction was positively correlated with not only resilience, but with other well-being measures such as life satisfaction. And we also did... Uh, a regression analysis, well, that basically tries to see whether one variable can predict the other. And we found that uh, need satisfaction has uh, the capacity to be a predictive variable with respect to resilience. Now, that was very, very important for us because we wanted to understand resilience amongst the youths and how uh, we can foster it. So here we got a clue that need satisfaction or environments that allow for these needs to be satisfied help to build resilience within the youths as well. What factors contribute to resilience and well-being among youth participants? Okay, so uh, resilience is something that we were particularly interested in in this study because, as you know, these were youths who were, which were who were coming from vulnerable backgrounds. So we we reasoned that if the youth is a resilient one, then this youth should be able to. Uh, bounce back from adversity. This youth should be able to uh, regulate their emotions and should be able to regulate themselves even when they're under peer pressure and things like that. So that's why we wanted to measure resilience. So we did that uh, quantitatively through a resilience uh, scale. But we also asked them targeted questions about what are the aspects that have allowed them to gain successes in certain aspects of their lives so or what are the factors that help them to see that or that can help them to uh, distinguish between uh, especially um, we asked this question to the social service professionals that how would you distinguish between a youth who uh, shows greater promise for success or for uh, for youth development as compared to another youth who does not uh, have such a does not have such a good prognosis so um, the thing that came out very, very strongly in these interviews was that both the staff as well as the youths believed that uh, any small or big successes in their lives could be attributed to the love of a caring and sensitive adult in their life. We found that uh, it was always either a parent or a teacher or a close friend that helped them help to pave the way towards their optimal functioning. And uh, what was interesting for us to note was that this uh, role that this uh, another person played in their lives was very conceptually very related to the need for relatedness that self-determination theory talks about, right? So if you have that sense of belonging, if you have someone who loves you or who cares for you, that uh, not only helps you to develop uh, or have better well-being as compared to others, but it also makes you more resilient to fight back through the adversities that come into your life. So that was something that we found in the study as well. In terms of the needs of the youth at risk, what are the overlaps or gaps between social service providers and these young people? 
All right. So there were many overlaps. By overlaps, we basically found that there was uh, a lot of congruence or alignment between what the staff as well as the clients felt with respect to their most pertinent needs. So both cli clients as well as staff felt that the need for relatedness was extremely important in the lives of these vulnerable youths. They uh, they said that the presence of this caring, supportive adult was very pivotal in their lives. Uh, they also highlighted there was also a lot of agreement between what were the popular versus the unpopular programs. Not only the clients, but even the, the staff or the social service professionals said that, yes, they did feel when they were giving out workshops to these uh, to these youths, uh, they were either un inattentive or they were like, you know, they were not interested. Whereas when um, they uh, delivered the same con content in more innovative, creative methodologies and uh, strategies, then there was much more interest from, from the youths. So um, from that perspective, these were the overlaps. But the gap that we experienced, what, what we found was that while both these, while the social service staff acknowledged the need for relatedness being extremely pertinent in the lives of the youths, most of the programs were uh, rooted towards behavioral change and behavioral guidance. There was, uh, th there were uh, some uh, mentoring and befriending programs in some organizations, but they were far and few between. And uh, even the youth's interviews echoed this feeling that they really wanted more quality uh, relationships with the social service staff. In fact, when we even asked them, what kind of improvements would you like in the social services that are provided to you? They came up with things like, you know, less stringent rules or more academic support and, uh, you know, more choices to be given. But the number one change that they wanted to see was the fact that they wanted the social service staff to build relationships with them, to stay with them and to journey with them. In fact, one youth also expressed her distress about the fact that her caseworker forgot her name. So she was, uh, or because maybe the caseworker was handling so many different cases, so when she did meet this person, she was not able to convey the interest that this person was expecting from her, right? So uh, these little things make a lot of difference in the lives of these youths who are searching for their identity at this point in time who are very vulnerable and therefore it is very, very important that yes, they need to get the love and support at home and at school, but if they are accessing from social service organizations, that becomes a very integral part of their close environment and we need to make sure that this environment caters to their needs as well. So which is why we made a lot of recommendations with respect to increasing mentoring and befriending programs in the social service organizations. And we also made a lot of recommendations in affording the youths with greater choices and greater freedom in, in planning their growth and development within the organization. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you so much.